Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of the Range Extender podcast. Let's get into the award show. First up, we have Coach of the Year. The nominees are Mike Budenholzer of the Milwaukee Bucks, Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors, Mike D'Antoni of the Houston Rockets, and Billy Donovan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nico, who's your pick? Um, I was very close to picking Billy Donovan due to their surprising record. I think they're the team that has outperformed their expectations the most. However, I ended up going with Nick Nurse as um, they have the second best record in the East right now. And it looks like they'll secure that if they manage to keep up their their pace that they went into the break with. And um, yeah, they also have the third best record in the whole league, which is kind of insane. And um, yeah, I like Nick, obviously there's the, there's the obvious thing that they lost Kawhi. But apart from that, they've also had 185 man games uh, of injury. So, like, essentially, there's been 185 games missed due to injury, which is fifth in the league. And it's been to, like, their main players, and still they've managed to remain really consistent. And, um, yeah, if you see other teams in the past after losing their best player, for example, like LeBron and the Cavs, um, I don't know if there's any other like prominent example, but like they they just completely fallen apart and the Raptors haven't done that at all. And then they have also have more than five players averaging 16 points per game, which I think just shows how like balanced of an offense Nick Nurse has um, created. And 12 different Raptors have scored 15 or more points in a game this season, which shows that he doesn't really need like stars, but he can like, he just like plays to his players' strengths really well. Yeah, I mean, he always throws a bunch of different defensive game plans and schemes, it seems like, every other night. He's throwing out a new defense, and he can switch in-game. I think they came back from, like, down 30 going into the fourth one game. And, yeah, like you said, the just the kind of next-man-up mentality is kind of starts, I would say, with coaching because it's the coach who has to give the next man that opportunity. So, yeah, just kind of fighting through injuries. I mean, you wouldn't even know – if you just looked at records that this team lost the finals MVP and came into the next season without him and still like won a bunch of games. So yeah, yeah I, I got at the stage last year, which is like you'd say. Yeah. And I mean they're a legit title contender without Kawhi Leonard, which is amazing <laughs> to even think about. Rookie um, rookie of the year. Yep. Moving on. So our nominees are Zion Williamson, John Morant, and Kedrick Nunn. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a pretty easy debate. John Morant, he played 30 more games than Zion, had just an amazing season, and honestly even better highlights, and even even greater potential to be a star. Um, he averaged 17.6 points, 7 assists, and he led the Grizzlies, who had terrible odds to make the playoffs, to the playoffs, so or potentially to the playoffs. So, I mean... Indeed. Yeah, just for the same reason. Um, I, I don't even think that he's playing that many minutes per game, but he has really high output for what he, for how much he's playing. And also, yeah, the, I think the Grizzlies were predicted to be kind of a terrible team. Like, they just lost Mike Conley and Gasol. So I think that leading them to a possible playoff spot, which is really unprecedented. And he, also for a guard, he has pretty good efficiency, shooting 49% from the field, which is, like, pretty outstanding, I think, for a point guard. The only fear that I have for Jaw is that he plays like kind of like Russell Westbrook, but he's skinnier. So I, I have a feeling he he like he just has to prevent injury. Yeah, he's really skinny. I, I he like he needs to get some muscle soon. I thought he was going to get it during the break, but I mean he came back still just kind of the same size. Unlike Zion, who really muscled out and kind of slimmed down a little bit. But uh, just to play devil's advocate and kind of make the case for Zion. I guess you could say he improved the team's record. They were 10-9 and nine with him, and I think they were pretty decently below 500 without him. And he averaged, what, like 23 points per game. But I don't think it's enough in 19 games to push him over Ja, who also had a sensational season. Yeah, like um, Joel, he didn't win Rookie of the Year, and he played, like, more games. Like, more. So, yeah, I think, like, he was obviously the clear – Rookie of the year. I don't think there's anyone as strong as um as John Morant in that class, and he's still lost just like due to lack of games played. I mean, he he leads a team like he's a veteran as a rookie. I mean, that quality alone kind of pushes him up 
just the fact that the whole team kind of rallies around him as a 20-year-old point guard is amazing, especially since rookies usually struggle as a point. Like, if they're a point guard, I mean, like, I'm just super excited to see where Jaw takes his game in the following years. But uh, just a segue over to six man of the year, our candidates are Lou Williams, Montres Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and Derek Rose. I think Nico and I both agreed again on this one. We went with Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Do you want me to take the Um. So, first of all, his stats are, like, extremely impressive. 19 points, 4 assists. And he's shooting the high – I think those are, like, nearly the highest of his career. And even with this increased output, he has the highest um, efficiency. He's shooting his highest percentage from three in field goal in his career. He's also – yeah, he also turned it up after December, and um, he was averaging 22.0 points per game, or 22 points per game on 50% shooting after the break. And then also, um, he's ex- he's proven to be extremely clutch, and he scored a total of 59 points in um, the final five minutes of regulation or OT on 53% shooting, which just shows that he's like a clutch go-to scorer for the Thunder. And yeah, you Aaron can talk more about the Thunder's success and like, how Schroeder's contributed contributed to it. Yeah, I mean, you alluded to it. The three-guard lineup of him, Shea Gilgis and Chris Paul down the stretch, is one of the best clutch lineups in the league. I mean, uh, just he, his ability to just kind of come off the bench and make a spark for this team is something, like, super impressive, especially for Schroeder, who's had some problems in his career with kind of fitting in with teams. So I am glad he found his place. But just... I mean, I, for me, I think he has the edge over players like Rose, Williams, and Harrell is because of kind of, like, impact to the team. I would say uh, the way I kind of look at six-man of the year is, like, MVP of the bench. So I wouldn't give it to Lou Williams or Montrose Harrell just because they already have those players like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to kind of, you know, kind of carry the team. But Dennis Schroeder really just kind of was a big part of the surprise of the Thunder this year. So that's why I would go with him. Indeed. Um, all right, most improved. Our candidates were Brandon Ingram, Bam Adebayo, and Jason Tatum. Nico, who'd you have? Um, I chose Brandon Ingram. Uh, yeah, I chose him because he just, like, again, like Schroeder, he's Im- improved his um, output but also kept his efficiency high. Um, he was putting up like extremely good numbers, um, 24 points per game, six rebounds, four assists, and shooting 46% from the field, 39% from three, and 86% from the free throw line. Um, yeah, he became the he's the fifth forward ever to post that line, which is just like he puts him up there with like like in a historic season. And uh, yeah, although the Pelicans haven't been great, I think like he's really shown that he can break out be one of the best players on on the on the team. Um so I went with Bam out of bio. Uh I, I do think it was neck and neck between him and Brandon Ingram. But the reason why I'm gonna go with out of bio on this one is I think like Ingram averaged maybe eighteen points per game last year. So yes the jump from uh, like borderline all star to all star is big, but I do I would say we saw it coming a lot more and with Bam Adebayo, I mean, I don't really know who could have, would have predicted he would have been an all-star this year. He went from nine points and two assists per game to 17 points and five assists, and he upgraded his rebounding from seven to ten. So, yeah, he did get the all-star nod this year. So, I mean, he's just kind of a modern center and also was a big piece of the surprise that was the Miami Heat this year. I don't think a lot of people expect them to be as good as they are. Um so, yeah, I'm just going to go with Bam just because of kind of the same thing as a Schroeder, the unexpected factor. So, yeah, I got to go with that a bio on this one. Um, shifting over to Defensive Player of the Year, I had Giannis. Uh, he's only averaging a steal and a block per game, which isn't too impressive, but he's the highest defensive rating by far in the entire NBA. And he's the key piece of one of the best or no, no, the best defensively. And, I mean, 
just kind of the way Giannis can play safety. He can guard the perimeter. His length. I mean, he really is the most like key piece to that amazing Bucks defense. So that's why I'd go with him. But I can I can see a bunch of cases for other guys. But our nominees were Giannis, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, and Ben Simmons. So, Nico, who'd you um, I think that Giannis was actually the best defensive player in the league. But I can't see him winning MVP and uh, DPOY. Just because, like, I guess voters get bored. And, like, they don't want one yeah. guy winning the awards. So, I actually went with Ben Simmons. Who I think has been extremely underrated. Um, so, Ben actually guards every position on the floor. He spent 22% of his time guarding point guards, 25% of his time guarding shooting guards, 25 against small forwards, 18% of the time on the power forward, and 10% of the time on the opposing center. And he almost always guards the opposition's best player, uh, guarding the, yeah, guarding the offensive, uh, guarding, um, yeah, at the third. So he guards the opposing team's number one option at the third highest rate in the league. Um, in addition, while guarding those players, he holds them to 41.5%, which is, like, quite low, quite inefficient. Um, yeah, and then, in addition, he leads the league in steals and a second in deflections, sh- showing that he's just really, like, disruptive. And that's being, like, a larger player. Like, normally you associate, like, steals with, like, smaller guards. But, I mean, I think he just broken that trend, and he can do both. He can also, like, he can also register a block just because of how big he is. And also the Sixers' defense has improved from 14th in the NBA to the 6th in the NBA. And I think that's, like, a large part because of the jump that Simmons has taken on the defensive end. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if most improved player was about defense, like, only defense, it ha- it would have to go to Simmons. Like, he went from, I would say, like, a decent defender to one of the top in the league. Like, I'm not mad with this pick at all. He's putting up amazing numbers, and then obviously his impact is felt on the defensive end. So, great pick. I love it. Um, so, moving on to the last and final award, we have the MVP. Um, this one's pretty easy for me. I went with Giannis. He is the highest player impact estimate in the entire league. He averaged 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 assists, and he only played 31 minutes a game. So, I mean, for an MVP, he's, like, barely playing. And he's putting up, like, amazing MVP numbers. And he's on the team with the best record in the NBA. I mean, Giannis' impact this year somehow is even greater than last year. So, I have no problem with him winning both Defensive Player of the Year and MVP this year. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is just cracked. Uh yeah, like just as Aaron said, like his numbers are ridiculous for the amount of minutes he's playing, averaging um I think thirteen, fourteen rebounds, is it? Thirty. Oh uh, yeah, fourteen rebounds. Um yeah, and he, we've also seen him starting to shoot the three. I mean, like not a great rate, thirty percent, but I mean, like just like another step that he's kind of taken, showing that he can improve. And uh, yeah, so the Bucks are the best team in the league, and like I wouldn't really say. That he has the best supporting cast in the league, but he just makes everyone on that team better. And like, yeah, he just really shown that again. He's been the best player in the league this year. And um, in addition, yeah, I, I have more confidence in the Bucks than I had in them last year, just because I think yeah, I mean, they've they've like even found their identity even more. I mean, like Brook Lopez has transformed himself, and like it's all because of just like the power of Giannis, like him, like commanding the opposition defense. I mean, I think he can make a serious case for winning three straight MVPs. He could easily win it next year. Like, I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now. He shot 63% on his free throws, um, and he takes 10 a game. So if he got that up to even, like, 70, 75, Mm. we're looking at someone who averages 32 points per game in 31 minutes. If you score more points per game than your minutes per game and you average six assists and 14 rebounds, and that's like a barely improvement. Did you uh, play the putting his uh, like the holy. Yeah, and that's that's if he got his free throw percentage to his career average. He'd be averaging 32, 6, 
Wait, really? You shot that badly from the free throw line compared to, like, previous year? Yeah, 6.3 free throws made out of 10 attempts per game. That's kind of weird. I, I mean, don't know why he, he would go and, back backwards. Yeah, like, this is even a down year somewhat shooting for Giannis. And he's going to win back-to-back MVPs. I mean, I honestly can't even see a league where he's not at least a front-runner for the MVP for the next, like, five, six years. Because he's still on the upward trend. He doesn't even have a jump shot yet, and we all know he's going to work on that. It's just kind of scary for the league, and especially if he stays with the Bucks. I mean, we're looking like we're we're watching another LeBron player, like a LeBron type player right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean seriously though, like Giannis could really be a top ten guy when he retires. That's a bit of an. I I seriously think for the rest of the league. If he develops a league average three pointer. He, I mean, he's going to shoot a lot because they're, they're not going to guard him out on the perimeter because it's even more scary to have him drive on you. I mean, I just don't know. It's just so scary with Giannis. He, I mean, he he could be a combination of Kevin Durant and Shaq. Indeed. Oh, my God. He, dude, I, I really do think Giannis could end with, like, five or six MVPs by the time he retires, like, in a best-case scenario for him, which is just scary. Those were our NBA awards. Um, stay tuned. Follow us on Spotify and make sure you're always up to date with the new things we have coming out. And, um, yeah, let's get into the talk with Justin and Max about Premier League soccer. See you guys. All right. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about soccer with some guests. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this next segment. One of our guests, Justin, is very knowledgeable about his favorite club, Chelsea. And he goes on a little bit of a rant about the FA Cup semifinal game against Manchester United. Uh, It's about 14 minutes long, and it's really good analysis. So if you ever wanted to learn about Chelsea, now's your time. I really hope you enjoy this next segment. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the NBA award show that we had. Um, Now we're moving on to another topic. We're going to talk about soccer. And here we have... Two varsity soccer players. We have Max and Justin, two guests on the show. Max, Justin, how are you? Doing well, lad. Doing well. Doing well. You know, it's late. Thanks for but... having me. What's the Thanks name of this podcast me. again? It is called the Range Extender Podcast. We finally got a name. Uh, yeah, Range Extender. It's a badge in 2K. And uh, yeah, so. Happy to be here. Bit of an interesting spurt of games. We had FA Cup semifinals. Chelsea versus Manchester United today. Manchester United lost to Chelsea with a score of 1-3. to And uh, I think it was yesterday, Arsenal played Man City, and Arsenal got the dub 2-0. Now, my favorite team is Arsenal, and Justin's favorite team is Chelsea, so we're going to have a bit of a beef going on with this game. But hopefully, it's all in good fun. Um, so just to kind of talk about a recap of the Arsenal-Man City game. Aubameyang had two goals. I think Tierney had an assist. I don't know if Aubameyang had an assist on one of the other goals. But, Maxi, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who do you think had the best performance in that Arsenal-Man City game? You know, I think a lot of people are going to agree with me. I think David Luiz uh, really showed up. That's, like, it's hard to say because, you know, recently uh, he's been uh, horrific and somehow got a new contract, which is – Insane, but uh, you know, I mean, he he played well today. Um, yesterday, sorry, he played well, and I, I mean, like, I don't know, like that first ball that he played through to be to Aubameyang was just like, I don't know how that got through, and I like I hadn't seen like David Luiz do anything like that. So, I mean, I definitely give man of the match to David Luiz. You gotta. Give I mean, him this. you've got to yeah, give. I, you got it, Justin. You got it. as the yeah, resident yeah. David Luiz hater. I, I want to hear your take. Yeah, so you know you've got to give him some respect. Um, in his post-match interview, he mentioned how he understands that he took a lot of garbage for his uh, poor performances in the previous games, but he you have to admit he worked together and he and he played well. He played well. City are known for winning pretty much all the other European Cups, uh, FA Cup, BFL Cup, and it's it was a surprising performance. Or, from Arsenal, who's been quite poor since the restart. Um, but 
yeah, you've got to give it to them. It's going to be a tough I mean, match against Chelsea. What a redemption. The first game back from the lockdown against Man City, I mean, no one thought he was coming back to the team. I mean, with the red card, like, he, he just looked like he didn't belong in the Prem. And then in this game I watched yesterday, probably like what maybe the fourth prem game I've watched since the restart. I mean, he was just, he was just amazing, like a complete turnaround. It seems like any time the ball was in there, he was there for, to head it. it. It was just I think, yeah, no. I think that's I agree. I think that's something you can can uh, contribute to his experience. Um, he's been playing professionally for a very long time with Chelsea and with Arsenal, and PSG, and it's just I think that's. As a pro, you go through rough patches, and it's a, it's something with his experience that you learn how to deal with those, how to deal with the media, um, and he proved that he can he can fight through those things. Now, I mean, I'm very grateful for everything that David Luiz has done for Chelsea during his time, but his his reputation has been tarnished through things that he's been doing, whether it's uh, putting in ridiculous challenges in on Angolo. Or um, just playing quite poorly with Arsenal, but yeah, I think playing for this long in Europe teaches you things. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it also oh, go ahead, shows go ahead. how. Um, I would say Man City kind of dominated the game. They had seventy-one percent possession, and they had sixteen shots, so and thirteen corners compared to Arsenal's two. I mean, the thing so is... it just shows how you have to be clinical. When you get the chances, and Arsenal obviously was. Yeah, you know I'm pretty sure David Luiz won 100 of his tackles and 100 of his like aerial duels, which is like very solid, especially for a center back. Like that's like a good standout. So, I mean, also something to note for Arsenal um, since the injury of Bern Leno, um, who's been fantastic for Arsenal throughout the season, Emiliano Martinez. Amazing. Has been absolutely fantastic for Arsenal. He's made he played he made he made a bunch of great saves against City, and he's been fantastic filling for uh, who was in great form Leno. Um, so it's a good sign for Arsenal considering that their defense is the defense is just quite inconsistent. But it's good to know that they've had someone uh, back in that who's been who played, made some fantastic saves. Um, but someone's been playing well. Fun Edison had a boys. decent game. Martinez has end. been with the club 10 years, and he's played more matches this season than he had in his nine other years combined. So, I mean, he's been a long, waiting a long time for his chance with the club, so you know he's going to take every advantage he can of the opportunity. And, I mean, I mean, he's been amazing. Like, And especially in the game I watched, like a, a clean sheet against Man City with 16 shots is uh, pretty impressive. Um, so moving on to my current favorite player, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, did have both goals in the match. Uh, he played all 90 minutes. Towards the end, he looked a little gassed, but I mean, the two goals he had were pretty amazing. The first one, I can't quite remember, but I do remember distinctly the second one, he nutmegged the keeper, uh, Ederson, and I just thought it was so funny. I don't know why. I just think it's so funny when you just like roll it in between the keeper's legs and just make him look like a fool. Justin, you are a keeper. Do you typically get embarrassed when that happens to you? Yeah, I mean, you never want to go. Uh, you don't want to concede in any fashion, but especially when you get numbers, it doesn't feel good. But with a player of that class and a Bamiyang, who's known for just his finishing, I mean, not too much he could do. The second goal, I mean, maybe he could have coughed the angle a little bit better, but it's a good finish no matter what. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but Tierney had an amazing pass to Aubameyang. It almost seemed like, like it, it seems like you just couldn't recreate it. Max, that's I don't know if you remember that one. one. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, down the line, right? That's one uh, of yeah, those, yeah. Was like, FIFA passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't play soccer. Like, how how difficult do you think that pass is to make? Like, you think it's like one in a million? I mean, I wouldn't put it. I, I wouldn't like. I would say it's one in a million, but I think, like, as a pro, when you make that pass, especially with a goal following your pass, like, you know that you've made a very good play. It's, like, a solid assist. I don't think, I don't think like, the pass 
was incredible to the point where like I mean I loved it, but you know, a little I mean, biased. Yeah, class. you're a little biased. So, but I I think like definitely it was a great pass and a great bowl. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say it was uh it was one in a million. All right. Um, just to kind of tie up loose ends on this game. Uh, does anybody have anything else to say before we move on to our men of the matches person? All right, Mac, you already went with David Luiz. Um, I'm going to go with Aubameyang. Once again, just very biased. But I do think his two goals were spectacular, even if they did come off some nice passes. Uh, I just remember the first one, Aubameyang kind of cut left and had it off the ball right next to the post. But, yeah, I'm going to still go with Aubameyang because he did score both goals. I think for me it's got to be uh... – Emiliano Martinez. I think he's just been good for them. Someone they could I would, be able to rely on. I would go with Tierney. As I, as like Max already went with David Luiz, so I don't want to follow that trend. But um, yeah, uh, 15 out of their 16 shots were off target. So it just showed that they were, they were not like wide open shots and they were being put yeah. pressure. And he was all so. over the place, especially in the beginning when they were pressing. He was kind of just always there to deflect the ball. So I like that pick. Uh, moving on to the Chelsea versus Man U game. Uh, this is a game I did not watch, but I, I know Justin did. So, Justin, take it away. Yes. So, uh, Chelsea have been inconsistent throughout the season, especially within the last couple of games since we start. I mean, away in City, but then lost the games to West Ham. And it's just, it's been, we don't know who you're going to see. Even which Chelsea's are you going to see when you come to, come to play. But, they definitely showed up today. This first half was um, positive, but no real breakthroughs. But then I think once the second half started, I think we really began to flourish. That belief for Mason Mount did the best. Mason Mount did well. Sorry, everybody. Nico just put a very hilarious thing in our group chat. <laughs> He's commenting on Justin's amazing voice. Uh, l- listeners. If you also agree that Justin's voice is amazing, please message me, and I will I will relay it back to him. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Chelsea. All right. Let's start from the back. So I think we had Willie Caballero on goal. Caballero, who's been quite inconsistent, probably not worth the world record transfer fee for a goalkeeper, but we had Willie there to play in those cup games, and he played fine. He had a couple of nice saves. Um. I think he was honestly a bit shaky at times in terms of just lack of playing experience yeah, throughout the season. Uh, you can see him coming out for some crosses that he probably should have come out for, uh, which maybe he's a better employee on the team he could be punished for. Um, but overall, I find only conceding one goal on the penalty three is nothing really he can do, so happy with his performance. Um, our back line, I mean, that's probably the weakest part of our team. Um, Frank Lampard has really need to invest in buying something in this next transfer window to try to find something to fill the void and hold that we've got in our back line. But, like I said, keeping a clean sheet, basically a clean sheet, other than that, um, quite a silly challenge. If I may interject. Within the last couple minutes. Ah, uh, God. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say Bruno Fernandez had such an odd run up to that penalty. Yeah, if you haven't little, seen it, please watch. It's honestly very funny. He did the Jorginho jump. Uh, <laughs> but sorry about that. I mean, keeping a clean sheet is something that basically a clean sheet is something you need to be happy about. Um, moving on to our midfield, I think our full album masks were. Very good. Marcus Alonso had that assist for the final goal, obviously, and I think he's just been one. I think he fits better into the 3 4 3 system, probably the wing back rather than a natural fullback in a 4 3 3 or 4 back system. Uh, just allows him to get four more and put, goal, put balls in. Um, same thing with Reese James, he's probably more better of a defender. Um, but he also just so dangerous putting balls into the box. Um, so, yeah, he was fantastic. And then our midfield, Mason Mount, or not sorry, Mason Mount was in the midfield today, but Kovacic and Jorginho, I think have been, Jorginho's 
had questions about his place in the club with uh, with injury through Gilmore and then goal and goal kind of being not fit. Um, he's been able. To, I think he's played well when he's positive with the ball and not going backwards. I think he's been that's when he's been at his best, and I think he was able to control the ball today. And Kovacic, I just you can't put a value on his worth. He's just been so valuable in terms of the ability to win the ball back and find those direct passes forward, playing the ball wide. Um, he's just he's been so important for us. And then, interestingly enough, Captain, uh, Christian Pulisic did not start today, even though he's been in fantastic form. I think personally it's probably the smart decision, um, considering that if we win against Liverpool on a national league game that we're officially in the Champions League, which is the goal. So I think resting him, who's been playing a lot of minutes since the restart, is a smart idea. But missing out on that left-hand side was fantastic. He obviously had not the goal. Um, which was quite poor from back in the day. I mean, we should be keeping that out. But nevertheless, a good strike, and I think he's been fantastic for us in terms of his ability to press the ball high up the field um, and not let players turn comfortably and bring the ball off the field towards our half um, without much pressure. And that's something that I think sometimes goes unnoticed, but you can tell his work rate's been fantastic. Um William on the right-hand side has just been so good for us as a restart. He's, he's been very dangerous running at defenders. He's got that experience um, that this young squad that Frank Lampard has crafted may not have. Um, and I think having him in the squad on a consistent basis is something that's very valuable for the team. And then finally, Olivier Giroud up top. I mean, where I start, he's been nabbing goals left and right since the restart. I think he's got I don't know how many goals there are, but he's been scoring a ridiculous amount since the restart. Tanya Graham really hasn't been good for one, and after his hot start to the season, it looks like Obijero is just taking the opportunity he's had, and he, of course, not the goal. Um, and I'm just been very pleased with what he's been playing. So yes, and then uh, not just the United standpoint, they've got a lot of young players, but I think. All they got so far is well took the um approach of resting some of his more talented players with Paul Pogba. I imagine being with that starting, but no means taking the game lightly. Um, just knowing that they have probably a little bit more important games in the Premier League coming up. But I think the problem with Manchester United is just that day, I mean the back line is obviously something you point to. I mean two pretty Four hours from him in the first, first that in for the first two goals. The first goal, I mean, I think the ball goes basically through him. So he, I mean, he's leaning backwards. So nothing, not a really great showing there. And then the second goal just goes straight under his hands, and I think some of his quality you can definitely expect him to be keeping that out. So that's something that I think a lot of United fans and you know in general are looking at whether the third turn of Dean Henderson from. Uh, Sheffield is an outstanding bringing him back to be the number one. Um, Attacking-wise, Manchester United have been very dangerous um, with the likes of Bruno Fernandes and Mason Greenwood and Martial has been a son since the restart. But they just didn't have it today. I know back on really set up the challenge. Um, and I think just at times they're just a little too sloppy giving the ball away. I think there's a lot of times where we were able to nap the ball off from a pressing high school field and they're not able to work out and I find the option that I think they can build out, but it's not a blue shirt and that allows us to go on the field for the Mason, Mason goal. He was able to, that's a turnover for me. I ended up having one soccer. Um, but the high pressure of Chelsea just, I think, flushed them a little bit and they weren't able to build out. So. I couldn't agree more. Congratulations. You're 110% smarter about the Chelsea Football Club. Can we agree on that? Do you think that Willian should be someone that Chelsea looks to keep or give away? Um, so I think that's interesting. Um, so Willian, he's been a little bit, uh, what's the word? Um, I can't think of it. Stubborn, that's what it is. Uh, he's 
he's forcing for a three-year contract when Chelsea are really only looking at him too. Um, it's been a while now that players on the age of 30 don't really get anything more than a one-year contract. So it's interesting to see how he wants more years. Um, and at the same time, you have all this young attacking talent that in along with the Hakeem Ziyech and Timo Werner coming in. So he struggled to find a, a place where he can fit in the team. But at the same time, he's been so impactful for us since the restart and just throughout the season. His two goals at Tottenham earlier in the season is just, just a small example of how important he's been. So I think that eventually, I think I think we should let him go. Um, but I think we would be very grateful for the things he's done for this club. I just think with all the new signs that we have, um, along with the youth talent, I think it might be time to let him go if he doesn't, if he keeps being stubborn. Wait, who are our man of the matches for the last game? I'm going with Rudiger. Uh, <laughs> he scored. He's a center back. That's all I have to say. Um, I think I might just go with... Oh, yeah. I might just go with Mason, honestly. I mean, he all right. the goal. Wait, he scored, but it counted as Maguire's own goal, right? He, he scored, but, I mean, one right through the head. But, I don't know, maybe Marcus... I remember Marcus was a shot. I think he was very good at it. All right, Mark Alonso, and then maybe go um with Oliver Giroud uh, yeah. after his goal. Yeah, and also we didn't comment really on De Gea's performance. Poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say he is just he's been rattled? It seems like he's been rattled and hasn't reached the same level of goalkeeping as he was performing at around two or three years ago. Do you think it's time for him to move on? Or Yeah, I mean, he's been so fantastic for United over the years, but you just got to think since that World Cup game against Portugal, one over how they'll put three past him, I just don't think he's been the same. Um, he just hasn't had his confidence. Um, and I think that might be part of United not playing in the Champions League, playing in the Europa League. Um, I think... It's a hard decision to move on from someone who's done so much good for the club and someone who's been their best player for so long. But I think it might be getting to the point where he's just been making too many mistakes on a consistent basis that you know you have a young, tremendous option in Dean Anderson that it might be it might be worth it to consider moving on. Being Wait, Dean Henderson came back on loan from Sheffield, or yeah, Dean Henderson's on loan right now from Sheffield, and he's been well. They were he's on loan with Sheffield who won when they were in the championship, and then they got promoted this year, and have been mm-hmm. I mean fantastic too. I think they're like eighth right now, and they've been they've been really good. Yeah, he got a call. So he's, he's been there part of the year, so. All right, Max, who is your man of the match? All right, I'm going to have to disagree with all three of you. And I think... Not Rudiger? No, 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 really. I think Dab De Gea actually had the greatest performance. He was a bit unlucky. Clearly, his gloves were not, like, like they just, they weren't sticky enough. Um, I think he performed well otherwise. His 4.3 play rating is not accurate at all. I think at the end of the day, he was just unlucky. Um, and I mean, he stopped a bunch of other shots, so... I mean, I, I would definitely give a man of the match just for an incredible keeper performance. <laughs> I mean, okay. Debatable. Um, <laughs> a little bit debatable, but we're not going to be debating it because we're moving on. We're going to do some comparing soccer players to basketball players. So, first one we have upon the list is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I would personally compare him to Clay Thompson just because how well he moves off the ball and his ability to score without necessarily having the ball on him at all times. So I'm going to go with Clay Thompson. Anybody have anything else? Um, I had uh, Zach Levine. Mm. Just, I think Aubameyang's a bit of a physical beast, just because he's so pacey. And, like, I would compare that to Zach Levine's bounce. And, like, they're both just, like, really good scorers. So, yeah, Zach Levine, I think, makes a living off scoring the basketball while Aubameyang pokes in goal for fun. Moving on, Angolo Conte. Uh, 
I'd compare him to Pat Bev, just because you know, Conte's only five at six. I think Beverly's like six one. Both kind of short, but tenacious defenders. So that's what I'm going with. As a player, I compared Conte to Jimmy Butler because I think just like the tenacity on both ends. Um, yeah, I think Conte is one of the most hardworking players in the in the Prem, while Jimmy Butler is one of the most hardworking players in the NBA. So I compared them. Fair enough. Max Dressen? Um, I mean, I can certainly attest to Angola being a hardworking player. I'd have to agree with that one. Um, but I think I think that maybe you can compare. Who would you say someone who who would you say is someone who is stuck with a stuck with a one individual team for a very long time and solidified their like legacy with that team? Could you say like, not in the twenty tens? Like we don't have Tim anybody Duncan, like that. Like a Tim Duncan or something. Oh, maybe. No, no that. But not, like the thing is, you can't. Compare. Tim Duncan, Kobe. Maybe I, think, I mean, you could compare like how long has he been with Messi the team? to Michael Jordan? To be completely honest with you, someone who sticks with the team for a very long time and does absolute wonders for them, and also MJ left for the Wizards during his last year, and that's looking kind of likely that Messi may leave. At the Same end with of his Brady. So, yeah. Messi might leave at the end of his career. Um, like a man's okay, let's save the Messi talk for when we get to him. I like the enthusiasm. Oh, sorry. But we are moving on to Harry Kane. I'd personally compare him to James Harden. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're the most athletic specimens in the lot, but they get it done. They have amazing skill around the basket. Same with Kane. He had an amazing goal today against Leicester. Uh, I just kind of like their creativity, the scoring, and the fact that they're not as athletic. Uh, yeah, I, I thought similarly to you, and I compared him to Jokic just mm. because of the lack of athleticism, but like the skill and the ability to get get it done, even though it might not always be in the most beautiful fashion. <clears throat> All right, Gareth Bale. Yeah, speak English. Who doesn't? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, chill, with that, chill with that. <laughs> All right, Gareth Bale. I don't have one. Does anybody? Uh, I had Carmelo Anthony because, as we both know, they've been stuck on the bench against their will. <laughs> I think they one. were both amazing players in their prime, but now they're struggling to fit into their role in their respective teams. All right. Ronaldo. Uh, I'm just going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Shaq because they both kind of move around teams a lot. And, I mean, they're both top players of all time. Yeah, just because they switch teams all the time. Or, no, I'd go with LeBron for Ronaldo, yeah. actually. Yeah, I, I'd go with LeBron. Physical specimens work on kind of their body. Fitness is super important to them. And they just switch around teams a lot. So, yeah, I'm definitely going with LeBron, especially because of I, just impact on the game in general. I 100% agree with you. you yeah, no, me? I would agree. I don't like Oh, you with me? Indeed, indeed. Mbappe, I had, um, I had Giannis just because I think they've risen and they've shown, shown that they are capable of um, being that next, like, superstar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and they're both, like, they both seem, like, quite chill guys, quite relaxed guys. I like it. I like it. Um, Messi, like we said, Michael Jordan. I mean, they're both. I mean, they're just the goats. You went with Michael Jordan. Yeah, just goat and goat. Yeah, I went with Curry, but like. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say Kareem. Yeah, you could just like impact on the game and like not being a physical like specimen, but being like amazing on the on the court. And on the court and the field, respectively. You say Curry or Kareem? Curry, Curry. Okay. And then Jesse Lingard. (laughs) I went with (laughs) Kaz Kuzma. I think they've (laughs) failed to reach their potential as they're both kind of not prioritizing basketball at this point. And they're stuck on, like, teams that are pretty competitive and they Mm -hmm. can't really get their shine on. Makes sense to me. All right. 
Now for the long-awaited trivia contest between Justin and Max. All right, I'm going to give you guys each three players and three options for what team they play for. And if you get it right, you get a point. Whoever has the most points wins. And uh, I guess if you win, I'll buy you a pizza. Um, (laughs) So, Max, what team does DeMar DeRozan play for? How about this? How about this? If you can guess without me giving you options, you get two points. And if I have to give you options, you get one. And I'll let you guess a team before I give you options. All right, Max. Ah, bro. What team does the Martyr? No, I feel like for? I feel like I used to know who he played for. Wait, you gotta you gotta let me think. Okay. I'll let you think. Right, I'll let he, like... Oh, and Justin, you can steal for a point. Oh, as well. let's go, because I know, I know, I think I know. All right. Okay. I'm giving you ten seconds, Maxie. Okay, 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 okay. I know he played for the Raptors, I think, but but I think he played um, final guess first. Man. You got oh, it, bro. Oh, oh my God. Let's All go. right. Two points on the board for Max. Justin. Oh, I knew it was fucking. Chris Middleton. Oh, easy. Bucks. All right. Two for Justin. All right, Max. Wait, why do we have DeAndre to Jordan. What team does he play for? <laughs> He's got this. I'm pretty sure the Brooklyn Nets. Oh my God! Why are you guys so good at this? I he's all he plays for the Nets. All right, Justin, Evan Fournier. Oh no! Um, is it Nuggets? No, he actually used to play for the Nuggets, and the Nuggets were an option. So now you got a fifty-fifty. Oh wait, no! I'm actually gonna give you three options, anyways. I don't care. Does he play for the Magic? The Kings or the Pelicans? Say the Pelicans. Nope. He's on the magic. Oh, wait, Max. I forgot to give you a chance to steal. On God, I knew that. Okay. I swear you I promise? knew that. No, no. You, you, you can't give me a right, but I'll, I, give you, like, I'll give you another question just so you can steal it, okay? Because it wasn't fair to you. Right, Does Terrence Ross play for the Magic, the Nuggets, or the Lakers. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with the the Nuggets. All right, he plays for the Magic. So, very <laughs> all right. nice. Let's go. Um, moving on to Max. Does the name Fred Van Vliet ring a bell? Yes, definitely, easy, definitely. Bro. Yeah, it is very easy. God, you can give me a different one. Okay, I don't mind. Um, Miles Turner. Mm. Uh. Oh man! All right, I'm giving you ten cent count now. So wait, okay, quick question. So can I ask for no hints? Oh yeah, you can. You can. I can give you. I can give you the options. Now. Give me the. Give me the options. Yeah, All right, Miles Turner. Does he play for the Jazz, the Pistons, or? The Pacers. Definitely. And I. That's <laughs> <laughs> a countdown. <laughs> Ten second countdown, bro. Five. Oh, you, you didn't see what he. Four. He sent in the chat. Oh, okay. Pacers. Yeah, he plays with the Pacers. Let's go, bro. That was. All right. So, with a total of five points, it is mathematically impossible for Justin to win. <laughs> How? But Justin, just for fun, if you get this question right, you can win. Look, but I'm gonna make it a hard sense. one. How is he five points ahead? <laughs> I made I, I I gave this game terrible rules. But I'm gonna give you one more player, and if you get it right with options, I'll just let you win. All right. Ooh. Whoa, yo, that does not sound fair. I'll buy you both a pizza if Justin gets this right. Wait, do I have it with the options? Right. Yes, I'll give you options. Timote Luwabu Kabaro. Have you ever heard of this man? <laughs> if you can get this position, you win the whole thing. Timote. What's his name? No, no, no. No Google. No Google. You can't even. No, you can't no, even. Look what are you fucking you talking about? No, but actually tell no, me his what's name. Timote Luwabu Kabaro. Good friend of mine. We met at the draft. 
Okay, so I need to guess his yeah, position or sure, his team. All right. If you guess his position or his team, you win the whole game. What What are the yeah, options wait, can for I, team? Can I, can I yeah, help you guys Justin? can actually work together on this. What are options for a team? Well, um, uh, Suns, Rockets, Nets. What? You know, I don't know that. Oh, he is on one of those teams. Maybe I should be asking you these questions. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Okay. Wait. No. Wait. Justin. Justin. Stop. 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 Right. Okay. Talk it through. Talk it through. Okay. Okay. So, I'm pretty sure he doesn't play in the end. There's no way he like. <laughs> he plays in the NBA. In the NBA. No, but he's is like. That guy does not play any. Okay, he's, I'm pretty sure he, he's uh, on a roster. Here, I'll give you a hint. He's in Orlando right now. Yeah. Okay. Justin, I okay. Who who do you think we should go with? All right, Justin just gone. Unfortunately, All right. um, Justin has been okay. disconnected. Max, it's up to you. All right, I'm just going to go – I'm going to go – wait, wait. I'm going to go with the Nets because they're lucky. All right, and you're on the, been he, he, he plays for the Nets, so I owe you both. There's the no pizza. way. Um, There's no way. Yeah, he plays for the Nets. Uh, Justin wins, and somehow Max wins. Um, yeah, I can hear you, Justin. Congratulations. You just entered the call in which you won the game. Max clutched hey, up for you. Let's go. Gentlemen work. and ladies, Justin has just returned from the Gulag, a winner of the game. Um. Yeah, so I it's guess I'll be... buy you both pizza. Subscribe to the Range Extender podcast. Anybody got anything to say before we leave? Thank you for having us, lad. Of course. <laughs> you can come on. If you ever want to talk soccer, come on anytime. I'm not sure what to be going on. I'll rant. Yet again.